Hello and welcome to the 13th Hour Podcast. This is episode number 439. I'm your host, Joshua Blum. Today I'm just discussing a little project that I have decided to do. It's more on a whim than anything. It's something that I started just recently. It's uh, taking some parts that I have sitting in a little cup here. And these are all limbs, basically arms and legs and torsos and a couple of heads from making 13th hour figures. So I still actually haven't released these. These are to go along with a the next album to of 13th hour music that is coming out. It's just like a one track that I have been waiting for the right right opportunity to do and uh it's that's a whole nother thing, but basically it's done uh, there's just like one track that I want to get the vocals right on. And uh, the, so that's that's what's holding that up. But the uh, I'm saving those figures, and there are uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. So six figures, uh, six sets of figures: Logan, Aurora, and they come with a bunch of accessories. So they're 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 sort of like Kenner style Star Wars figures. You know, five points of articulation, like the head, the shoulders, and the hips. Anyway, that was a big project that I did about a year ago took a lot longer than I anticipated. It was all resin casted. In the process of doing it, I generated a lot of basically fodder. And so I have them here and I've just sort of set them aside. You know, and, and one other thing that generated a lot more is that I had to redo the arms and legs for some of them because I used the wrong resin. The kind of resin that I used for some of them initially was too soft. And so in the process of making these figures, I wanted to find resin that was kind of resilient enough that you could, it could flex a little bit, but was not going to shear off and it would be responsive to playing with. And uh, it would hold up at the joints, um, which are the sort of most important and you know, critical parts of the whole thing. Turns out the softer resin that I used, it was one of these... It was a smooth-on product. I think it was 45D. Uh, it was a little bit too soft. It was just too squishy. It uh, fulfilled that the desire I had to make a, a figure that had bendable arms and legs, or you know at least flexible to some degree. However, the joint pegs, because they're relatively thin, and then they they have to interface with the the uh, joint space uh, in the torso. That part was just not strong enough, and so that they would they would tend to shear off without too much without too much play. Resin is never going to be quite strong enough uh, when compared to things like PVC and ABS plastics that they typically use to make these kinds of figures, but still, I wanted them to be able to move without breaking. Anyway, so I generated a lot of pieces that are like basically finished, but I can't really use for anything else. So I've been saving them, and I was like, what am I going to do with them? You know, and you know, lately I've been going through a lot of my uh, my sort of castaway pile and starting and trying to see, like, now that I've been doing this for quite a while, like, what can I do with this these materials because they're still good? And so one thing that I did, it's a, a sort of a separate thing, is that I have these Aurora minifigures, and I tried a whole bunch of different resins to get them to, to find the right one. And I experimented with a whole bunch of different other kinds of resins, just for kicks, colors added into the resin, other additives like uh, various amounts of glow-in-the-dark powder and uh, glitter in some cases, going for, like in this one I'm holding up, going for like a translucent effect. However, 
one area that did often did not come out in a lot of these was the was small detail areas and in this particular mold the face in particular would often not fill so I've gotten a little bit better with this sort of stuff now. What I'll typically do if I'm going to use a resin, I'm going to cast something out of resin. The areas that I know will not fill, I will pre-fill with the resin while it's still liquid. Kind of use a gloved finger or a stick or something like that to just to move the resin around and make sure it fills in there. Sometimes an air bubble will still get trapped in those areas if I'm not careful. In this particular one, for example, Aurora's nose is very small and pointy. And it is one of those areas that it's a little hard for the resin to get into unless you really work it in there. So what I did is for all these figures that where it didn't really feel very well, the rest of the body was pretty much fine. However, what I would do is I would pre-fill a little bit of resin in there and then put the previously, you know, the, the completed figure on top of that and basically do a cast on top of like a sort of a cast of a cast, I guess you could say. And it actually worked great. So I was able to basically touch up or redo the faces for a lot of these figures. And what I'll probably do is I'll I'll finish them up. Uh, there's a few areas, most of them are relatively finished, but I, I'll probably touch them up a little bit more and then airbrush them. That's not something that I had access to before. I, there's another one that I, I did. Uh, this was a casting of the Rocketeer, and it was a little minifigure that uh, I had some of the parts for. Some of the resin, the arms and legs and joints and stuff like that did not entirely f uh, fill. But what I did is I actually just, I completed, I, I touched up uh, enough um, I'm sometimes able to, if it's just, if it's not a very big part that didn't fill, I'm able to use basically crazy glue, especially if it's a gel kind of crazy glue to kind of fill in the rest. And I basically glued everything together. So in this particular little guy, there's no movable parts. I, I basically glued it all together and then I airbrushed it. And then, so this was, this, this guy was actually meant as a gift. So he he'd probably become like a, a little ornament. I'll put it like a little, a little loop on the, on the, on the rocket pack and then it's, I, I spray painted it, or I airbrushed it silver. And so I think it'd be perfect, like a little Christmas ornament type thing. So that's that. And I figured that with the, the next logical progression, on top of like looking through this backlog of like partially completed figures, you know, ones that were almost done, but there was something wrong about them that made it, made it so I couldn't do it. And and, and <laughs> what started all this is that I've had a, a casting, a partially completed casting of the Rocketeer, one of the five points of articulation ones of the Rocketeer made out of just a different kind of resin. It didn't really, it didn't really fit together very well. It was the wrong kind of resin to use. And it's just sort of been sitting there and I was like, you know, wouldn't it be nice to do something with it? And so that's, that's been sitting there for a while. And then I have all these other parts that, uh, for Logan and Aurora that have been equally sitting there. And so I figured, well, let's see if I can cobble together Frankenstein, at least one Logan, one Aurora. And I was able to find enough parts to do that. Uh, I didn't want to cast anything new. I wanted to try to use up what I had. And I still have a ton of arms and legs here, unfortunately. However, I have enough pieces to make figures. Now, these are, these are ones where the joint pegs had been sheared off. 
So what I decided to do instead is to make them, I, I initially thought, I was like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just kind of glue everything together. I'll be static figures. They don't move at all. They're basically just for display. But I figured that I might be able to do something a little bit better, and which is to actually make joints, but they are, I don't know what you would call it. I, I basically affixed the heads on. The reason that I, I, I was able to find two heads, and the reason I didn't use these heads is because the little joint peg around the neck did not fill when I was casting it. And so basically I've just glued the heads on to the torsos so that doesn't move. The only thing that moves on these figures is the shoulders and hips and they move in unison. So what I did is I, I basically drilled a hole from one limb to the next and put a little dowel in between. And so that means when you raise one arm, the other one goes up and basically mirrors it. But it, uh, it actually works pretty well. And if it's not something that needs to move around a ton, it, it functions pretty well. You can move around the limbs a little bit. And uh, it's a relatively easy way of making a somewhat mobile action figure without a whole lot of work. The only thing that I've had to do really, because these figures were all kind of cobbled together, the pieces don't necessarily all fit together. And so the torsos and the limbs and stuff like that are not necessarily custom fit. Like that's what I'll usually end up having to do. Uh, I've had to do a little bit of work to get them that way. And so I have one of Aurora, who, which is basically done. Uh, the only thing that I have to do is touch up a little bit on the face and I was just putting some, uh, doing the eyes, which is always, always tricky to do the eyes. And I have to do the mouth. The last part uh, was there is a little bit of retouching that has to happen for the paint job, especially around the limbs, because now there's a peg that basically is visible on both sides. And uh, I can probably glue that in place just to secure it and then paint over it to, uh, to make it a little bit more seamless appearing. What I think I'll do with these, and, and I figure these will be gifts as well, is that uh, I think I'll probably make these into ornaments as well. I think they would they would be nice for that because, you know, for an ornament, uh, you can hang it from something and you're not really necessarily going to do a whole lot to play with it. I think action figures make, I never, I never really thought about this before, but action figures would actually make great Christmas tree ornaments because they're right about the they're about the right size, and if you you could move them around a little bit, they're since these are also custom made. It's it's kind of a nice, unique kind of thing I think to give to somebody that uh, you know, especially if they've if they're familiar with something that you do. So in this case, um, these will be for a friend of mine who has read the book, The Thirteenth Hour. I think might appreciate them, but I think if you do any kind of custom figure or minifigure kind of work. And uh, I think that would be a perfect sort of thing uh, to actually turn your minifigures into. Because otherwise, like I meant, the, meant these as toys, but realistically, like, I don't know how many people, especially since mostly the, the like it's an adult kind of crowd that's going to be using these. I think most people tend to use them as display. And so why not display them, I guess, on a tree? I might turn some of these other figures like that I've talked about into, into, uh, into figures that, that are now ornaments, ornamental figures, I guess you could say. One of the things that I did here was I have two Logan figures that I finished. And one was using a very flexible kind of resin. You can actually bend a lot of stuff 
And it wasn't an ideal resin to work with because it, it was just hard to get a precise kind of smooth surface with it. It was a little bit too soft. So if you move it around a lot, the paint will probably crack. However, I had it and so I wanted to do something with it. So those are actually done. It's a little bit easier, I will say. You know, when I first did these minifigures, I found them quite difficult to paint. It's gotten a little bit easier, I think, particularly the faces and other little details. I still find it kind of tedious to do, but it's definitely not as much as it used to be. So I guess there's practice and things like that that have made it easier. I have two other Aurora figures that are over here. I might, I might actually, <laughs> looking at the way this, these figures suffered the exact same problem the other ones did, in that the faces did not come out particularly well. That was just a tough one to cast, I think, and so I might just leave these as as is, but uh, at least one of them, I don't know, I might redo. I think with the, the faces, I probably could touch the touch up a little bit on those. That was sort of a tough, a tough one to get just right, because I had a particular expression that I sculpted into the clay that uh, is sort of a half smile that you can't necessarily see when it didn't come out great, so I had to try to paint it on, and that was obviously a little harder. So this particular episode will be accompanied by a little video, which you can watch on Patreon. And the figures that I mentioned are not done yet, but uh, except for like some of the some of the mini figures that I talked about there. But you can kind of get a sense of what I was discussing. And so the Patreon is normally uh, is is normally closed unless you're a Patreon subscriber. However, this one I'm going to make this open. There's a couple of posts that are every now and then are open to anybody. You can you can just click on it and and look at it. And so, because this one you kind of need some video to go along with it, that you will see that there. And I'll include a link to that in the show notes. One last thing that I think that that I did is that I had uh, recast a and this is actually another post that's actually open to everybody. I had I had not thought that there was any life left in this mold, but I was wrong. And uh, I had made a casting of Beverly Switzler uh, from Howard the Duck using this mold that I had basically overused and sort of destroyed. Because I I cast so many figures with it. Most of those figures were given away, but... Uh, I had a few that were up for sale, and uh, on Etsy you can kind of see that there's still one more left. Those are all charity pro uh, pro projects uh, for the nonprofit Hero Initiative. Anyway, I was I got the inkling to do this because I discovered that I had one more little box left. I had sold out of I had one one figure left that was unsold, and I pulled it out. And the, the little neck of the guitar, it's a very, is probably one of the more intricate figures that I've ever made. And there is the neck of the guitar that she's holding that's sticking out. I wouldn't have done it this way had I had to do it again, but it's very delicate and it snapped. And so I was like, oh, well, you know, that kind of sucks because I, you know, I can glue it together back together again, but you know, I feel bad. And it's like, ah, well, it, it's, it's not going to be quite as strong there, it's already not like the strongest piece. And so I figured, well, why don't I try recasting it? I'll, I'll put that up there. And then there was a separate thing that I was doing. I was going to be, I recently had made these Space Camp Lego uh, figures. And that's another uh, charity project. This is for, for uh, to help people go to space camp. So if you buy those, they're up on Etsy. All, all the proceeds go to the U.S. Space and Rocket Foundation. 
and they have a scholarship there to help people go to U.S. Space Camp. I, that was a, something that I did earlier in the fall, and I had contacted uh, the actress Leah Thompson, who is, of course, in Space Camp, and I was like, hey, I have a set for you. Usually when I do something like that, I always save at least one for some of the people that are involved that, uh, you know, I uh, that were supportive of the project, and, uh, you know, in case I ever run into them. Some of these people, you can, some of these folks, you can find uh, on social media and so forth. Others are quite difficult to uh, to track down. However, uh, we had exchanged some messages and stuff like that, and I was like, "Hey, I have one for you," and I, I, uh, I put that in the mail for her. But I figured, like, you know, why not also include a Beverly in there as well? And so I had, I think I had one case that was an extra one that had not been filled with a figure. And so I was like, you know what, that's going to be the one for, for, for Leah Thompson. And so I cast two more, one to replace the one that was broken and another one for Leah. And so that went off to her like, uh, you know, shortly before the holidays. I was surprised because that particular mold I thought was it's cracked down the middle and there's parts of it now missing. And I thought it would be unusable. Uh, it takes a lot more work to a lot more refinishing to actually get it looking right. However, uh, it wasn't actually too bad. There's a there's a number of parts of it that are just sort of a more difficult. The if, again, if I had to do it again, I'd. She's holding her guitar in such a way that it makes it away from her body. So there's some gaps. There's some gaps between the guitar and her body. There's gaps between the guitar strap and her body and the guitar. And there's some gaps between her. She's holding her uh, her hand around the neck of the guitar as she's, you know, like, you know, going up and down the neck of the guitar, playing it. All were making make make the process of casting this thing much more complicated than if I had just had her hold the guitar flat against her body. So it's basically one seamless thing. And I think that's what I was thinking of doing. But for whatever reason, I didn't do it that way. So it just made it a lot more challenging. But it just goes to show you can actually cast things that are complicated like that. It's just that it takes a lot more work. Post-production, I guess you could say. That's anyway, that's a long way of saying that I have one of these left. And, uh, you know, this is the one that I think this is one. Uh, this is I don't know. This is maybe another one that I cast. Uh, maybe I did three. I'm forgetting now. But anyway, I. Uh, I think this one will probably be a little ornament as well. Th these are this one is a glow in the dark one. So all these are glow in the dark. This was th these were I, I painted a bunch of these as well. And that, these are quite complicated to paint. I don't know if I'll necessarily be doing that again. <laughs> I saved one of those for me just for uh, just for kicks as a memory of that. But uh, they are that was a big thing to paint these little miniature. Beverly's. So the last project, I guess, is that I had taken this, uh, I had this figure made. It's, it's, it's Logan again, uh, you know, from the 13th hour, but it's made by this company called Hero Forge, which makes miniatures. And I got the slightly bigger size. So I think this is 30 millimeters. Yeah. 30 millimeters in size. And it's him holding a play, a deck of cards and he's about to throw them and I had sculpted uh, a little, in the, in the book, he encounters a little mole at one point. And so I have, I sculpted that 
and the bottom. I think you had the option of making a little animal companion in this. So Hero Forge is basically a company that will 3D print, I think, uh, a, a, a miniature of your choosing for like your own Dungeons & Dragons style campaign or something like that. There's a lot of options to choose from. They have a ton of things, and even now you can get them sort of color printed, I think for probably an extra cost. There's, there's even, I think, an option to get them cast at a pewter or, or some kind of metal, I think. But this was just a, a, a plastic one that was unpainted. I figured I would paint it. And I had to sculpt on a few things. I think I had to sculpt the hair because they, they didn't have the exact hairstyle. And then Logan's, um, his tunic, I believe they had something that looked kind of like a tunic, but it was not the same uh, and maybe it was a hoodie or something like that. I sculpted on his his hood, I think, and his the the tunic that he wears. But he does come with this kind of always oh, and his belt. He he does come with these uh, the two two little pouches on the side, which I thought was kind of a nice little little thing. I think I had also sculpted his legs because he wears these sort of parachute style pants that I don't think I quite found in their list of assets that you could choose from. But the other stuff, like he's holding the playing cards and a deck of cards, I mean, that's pretty much all the same. And then I sculpted this little mole. I think it was from a frog or something like that that was on the ground. But what I thought I would do with this is that it's, it comes with a little circular uh, stand type of thing, kind of like a soldier would be, like a toy soldier. And what I thought I would do is actually cast another lightning out of resin, you know, his hoverboard, and to scale to this one and then stick this on top of it. And so it looks like he's riding on his hoverboard, just like some of the other minis that I make. So there's a couple of little figures, little projects, little things that have been brewing in the mist for a little while that I've been kind of working on here and there. Next week, we're actually going to have, my brother's going to be popping back on the show. We're going to be having a discussion on the movie Priest, which was a hoot. Look forward to that next time. So I hope you're having a good start to 2024. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you guys in the future. Hey, a couple last minute things before you go. Thanks for listening to this show. If you liked it, you can find many more on the website 13thhr.wordpress.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. You can often find behind the scenes information about this show and other things that I do on social media, such as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You'll see links to those in the show notes. Sometimes people will ask me, how can I help contribute to the show or other things that, that I do? And probably one of the easiest ways is by going over to Facebook and looking up the Facebook group called 13th Hour Arts. And it's a place for not only to discuss these kinds of things, but also for you to share your own creative process and the things that you're doing that bring meaning to your life. You can also do things that are entirely free, such as leaving a review for a book, music, this particular podcast, share it with friends, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, email me, W-R-I-T-E-J-O-S-H-U-A-B-L-U-M at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions and comments. You can also leave a one-time donation over at Coffee, and that's K-O-F-I slash 13THHR. It's basically like a virtual tip jar, kind of like the sort of thing like a piano player might have at a bar or something like that. For a small amount, you can also leave a donation on a monthly basis at Patreon, and that helps bring new things to this particular show and to support future projects. And that's at 13th Hour Arts. It's also a place for patrons to 
share their own creative process and the things that bring inspiration and meaning to them. I hope by sharing a little bit of the creative process in this particular show, it gets people to cultivate that aspect of their own life and to remember that those things are important even if you are an adult and you may not have time for it. Hopefully by paying attention to those aspects of your own life, you remember your own dreams and aspirations and help create a world and make a world that you want to be in. And at the end of the day, that's sort of what the 13th hour is about. So thanks as always for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.